Matthew 6. I'm going to read 19 through 21. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. And uh, as I was reading this this morning, I got to look, and some of you scholars might know, but I don't know of any other time in the Bible where Jesus spoke for such a long period of time uninterrupted. He's talking right here. This is towards the latter part of the Sermon on the Mount. And I just flipped through real quick through the Gospels to see where there was more than three pages of red ink. And I couldn't find any more time, but that, I don't know if that means anything. It's, but anyway, it's just an interesting fact that I, that I was, was noticing this morning. But let's read 19 through 21, and then I'll tell you how I came about uh, this, this thought, why the Lord laid it on my heart. Verse 19, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Verse 21, very popular. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Okay, so I was on a bus. Bus ride. It's, it's pretty torturous. Is that a, is that a word? Torturous? Um, I was on a bus on my way back to Georgia last Friday. And the pastor, my, 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 my mother and father-in-law live in Dahlonega. And they go to a small church in Dahlonega, just outside of Dahlonega. And when we go to visit them, probably once every six weeks, we go, up to, we go to church with them. So I've kind of developed a relationship with them. The pastor there, his hero is Pastor Johnny. They bring men's groups to the men's conferences all the time. And so every time I'm there... He treats me like a celebrity because they always call me to pray. Brian from Woodstock, would you pray for us? You know, so, that's, that's how it always is. So <laughs> it's just funny. It's, it's, y'all might, y'all might, some of y'all might experience that too, some other places. But anyway, my father-in-law was telling me about this trip a few months ago. And he was telling me they were going to go to, this, to the Navajo Nation out there, Navajo Indian Reservation, and, and, and build a house for some people who greatly need a home. And, and I'm like, well, that's right up my alley. I love doing construction. Um, when I first got out of high school, that's what I did was frame houses, and, and I love building and doing things like that. It's very rewarding work because at the end of the day, you can step back and actually see something that you did with your hands. It's, it's, very, it's very edifying or whatever. The feeling is pretty cool. So I'm, I'm like, ah, right away, I was like, I got to go. You know, I want to go on this trip. So I'm riding back on the bus, and the pastor, he's sitting across from me, and the reason we took a bus, there were 17 of us. We had to bring all kinds of tools, generators, you know, all kinds of stuff. And the, they, had a, they have a real nice church bus, so, you know, it was pretty comfortable. But he sends me a text, and he says, he, he just was grateful that I got to go. And he was, you know, he was happy to get to know me better. And, and I got to thinking how the feeling that I was experiencing was just awesome. It, so the first thought that came to my head, head was, we just did something that a moth cannot eat, a thief cannot steal it, and rust cannot destroy it. And, and there's not many times where we can actually do things like that where, where you have that feeling in your heart, in your mind. So, so I've been thinking about that thought all last week. And, I, and I'm like, i got to teach on it. So uh, Jeff was excited. Jeff, I don't know who I was here last week. Jeff said he, he showed, I sent him some emails sun, last Sunday morning telling him I wasn't going to be here. No, I saw, I, I saw 40 or something like that. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so that's, that's, how this, that's how this lesson come about. I, I, I just was riding 
on the bus back to Georgia and had this, had this thought the Lord impressed on my heart that he was reaffirming with me that, that we, did, we did a good work. We laid up some treasures in heaven. So, so let me rewind real quick. We, we, we left Saturday, um, two, Saturdays, two Saturday nights ago, and it was a 30-hour ride on the bus. Anybody ever been on a bus for 30 hours? I mean, oh my gosh, you have. You've traveled a lot in India. And I didn't sleep a wink. So I, went, I woke up like at 7 o'clock on Saturday morning and didn't go to bed till 3 or 3.30 a.m. on Monday morning. So I was exhausted. I slept three hours. We got up Monday morning in New Mexico. We were about 30, 40 miles from Arizona. Um, so the project is we're going to build these, these people, Navajo Indians, a house. And uh, there's a ministry already there that, that established relationships with people who who really truly need it and deserve it, okay? They're Christian families. So it wasn't really an evangelistic type mission trip, but we were doing kingdom work. And so, so one group came in before us and did a foundation and put up the walls. They, these things that we're building are called Hogan's, and you can build a whole house for like 4,000 bucks. So our group, we came in and we, we put all the windows, doors, siding, rafters, roofed it, you know, dried it all in. Um, we worked on one on Monday, and then, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, in three days, we did another one, uh, the, the complete job. Um, while, we were, while we were working on it, you know, it was hot out there, uh, really weird dry heat. I mean, you're, you're sweating, but it evaporates so fast, you don't really realize how much fluids you're losing, so you have to constantly drink because, you'll, you know, you'll get dehydrated and cramp up, especially when you're swinging a hammer, you know, your arms start cramping. So... The second day, the, the, we're at this, we're with this family, this lady, she has four sons. Well, she had four sons. One had already died. Her husband died in 2005, so now she has three boys. They're living in this shed that you can buy at Lowe's. You know, it's, it's a 12 by 30, which is a pretty good size one. But, but I got to thinking, you know, it's probably from, from me to the wall along, okay? And probably this distance right here, 12 foot by 30. This is their home they lived in for three years. They have no power, no water. Uh, the boy, the 20-year-old boy uh, came out and worked with us, and he worked right alongside of me. His name was Wallace. And he just was so humble, so grateful that we were there. Um, the first day we left, he, he went and got me a gift. He, they don't have anything, so he, he brought me this feather, or four feathers tied together, and one was a bald eagle feather, which I think is illegal to have. <laughs> It is. And then and, it, and three other birds mixed together. And he said this, you know, it's been blessed by the Navajo people. And it, it really means a lot to the Navajo Indians. And it was a big deal for him to give this to me. So I was really touched. It was really cool. Uh, so the next day we saw him again. And, and, and he came out and worked with us again. And, um, we're staying in this place that's pretty, pretty rough. And it's, it's an old schoolhouse that's been taken over by a ministry and there's no money there and this Navajo nation this Navajo reservation is just they have their own government they don't have their own you know they don't call the only time the FBI will get on involved is if there's a murder and, and we heard of stories where they just cover up murders and things like that because they don't want the FBI involved and it's really like a different world within the United States um, their own economy their own government and I don't want to spend too much time on this but I'm just trying to, to lay a backdrop of kind of what we experienced. Um, the, the last day or the day before we left, oh, I guess it was a Wednesday, the, we, went, we brought Bibles. The bunch of people that went with us were Gideons, so they were, were passing out Bibles everywhere along the way. We're stopping at gas stations on the way to work. 
and we ran into these four boys that were just out in California at a wedding, and we just struck up conversation with them, and we're like, you need to come build a Hogan with us, and, and they came and worked for three or four hours. It was really cool. They, they lived in Tennessee, and they just, we were right off the interstate, interstate 40, so they, we were at a gas station right there, and that's where they stopped in at the same time, so they, they came out. Tur- turns out they, um, one of them had a degree in missions. I didn't know you could graduate with a, a degree in missions, but one of them had a degree in missions. It was pretty cool. And then we run across all these other people. Every time we're, we're going and coming, we're passing out Gideon Bibles and we're, and we're, we're witnessing to people. So we, we gave this family some Bibles, and, and at lunchtime we stopped and we gave them some Bibles. And the, and the boy Wallace wanted me to, sh- he wanted to show me his, his home. I was the only one that, that went inside. And so we, that's how I know the layout of it. So I go inside. They had, they had two mattresses on one side of the room, two on another. And, I'm, and, I'm, and there's four of them. So I'm like, well, how do y'all, how do y'all sleep? The oldest boy is real sick, by the way. He's, he's in the hospital. I've been in communication with him all week, but um, he's got kidney failure. But the sick, the sick boy will, will, will sleep on, the, on one bed by, or one double stack of mattresses. And they weren't really mattresses. They're like mattress pads. And then the other one, they take the top one off, and the mom sleeps on the floor on it. And the, the 20-year-old boy and the 15-year-old boy share the other one. They both sleep in a, you know, this wide, a single mattress. Um, and so... There's no power, no water. So I'm like, I'm just, my mind's blown away. I'm, I'm trying to comprehend things. So what happens when it gets dark? You know, I'm like, what do you do when it's dark? I mean, of, of course there's no TV and no computer, no internet, no, I mean, they're, they're just wanting basic things. So my heart was just convicted about how rich we are, how blessed we are. I mean, we get, we get we st- we're stuck in our own world every day, and we don't really realize what, how it is. Um, I was listening to some of Pastor Johnny's men's conference CDs this week, and one of them, uh, the triple play, which was five or six years ago, and he made a statement on there that if you make $30,000 a year, you're richer than 90% of the 7 billion people on the planet. That's, that's, that's rich. So anyway, so my heart was kind of broken for him. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And, and they're just grateful. They're humble. They're, they're not complaining. They're, they're tickled to death we're there. Um, anyway, I'll get to this in a minute. Uh, my thought, I'm, th- I'm talk- talking to myself, but okay. The last day we finish up the house, uh, we're going to, well, the last day we eat lunch, I guess it's right after I was looking at their, their little, their little, uh, house Wallace, we're walking back to where we're, we're building this other thing right out in front of this one. And on the Navajo nation, all their doors face East. It's kind of, it's kind of neat. All their homes, whatever they have they're living in, the front door always faces east. I think it's pretty neat. So we're building it right out front of their house. The front door's facing east. We're walking back, and, and the boy Wallace says, he says to me, he says, uh, my, mom, my mom doesn't really know how to ask, but she would really like an outhouse. And I, and I got looking around. I got to thinking. I'm like, well, they, didn't even, they didn't have a bathroom in there, you know? It was kind of strange. And, and, I, and, I, and I looked out, and, and way off in the distance, I saw one of those you know when you, you know those, for somebody who's sick or elderly that you put over top of the toilet that's kind of lifts you, it's, it's a seat that's higher up. That's all they had for, for a restroom, and they just would move it around from, you know, dig a hole, move it around from, that's all they had. No privacy. So, once again, I felt convicted or my heart broke. I'm like, you know, I gotta, we gotta do something about that. That's not part of the plan. You know, we're there to build the house, but I was working on siding, and I was one of the there's about three or four guys that knew what they were doing, and the other 
12 or 15 were just standing around, you know, tell me what to do, which is kind of, they, they all worked hard, and, they, and they, everybody had their part. So I said, okay, guys, y'all are going to finish the side, and I'm, and I'm just going to go build an outhouse. They're like, well, how are you going to build an outhouse? You don't have any plans? You not, have you ever built an outhouse before? I'm like, no, but I just, you just know kind of what it looks like, three sides and a roof. And, <laughs> and uh, so, so we had two hours. So me, my father-in-law, he says, I'm going to help you. So we built them an outhouse, and, and they, they were just so tickled to death. And when it's time to go, we, we decided to get, gather around and pray. And here's where the Lord really affirmed what we were doing. We're gathering around and praying, and before we prayed, the, the, the mom just broke down, of course, you know, just so grateful, so thankful that we were there crying. We all were crying. I mean, bawling, tears falling off in the dry dirt. Um, and she had been praying for two years that somebody would come build her a Hogan. Hogan is how she pronounced it. And come to find out, one of the deacons in this church two years ago, at the same, two years ago, told the preacher, you know, the Lord's calling us to do some kind of mission work in the country, in the states. We're going to build somebody a house, and that's what he, but he didn't have, he wasn't, he didn't, he wasn't married up with the group that we were going to do it with at the time, so it was really cool when she said that. Nobody knew she'd been praying for two years for a house, but yet the church had been planning on going and doing that for two years, so it was just really awesome to see how God orchestrated everything. That's another big word that I, that I kept thinking about was orchestrate. You know, you think about orchestra and all the different instruments that it takes to make a symphony or, or something great. And only God could have done that. So let's, let's get into the lesson. I, it, just, it just was incredible, um, made me grateful. I, I, I prayed to the Lord. I said, Lord, if I, ever, if I ever complain about anything or have a spirit of ingratitude again, please remind me of this. You know, you know in the Bible, there's a lot of, a lot of times they, 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 took up, they made stones of remembrance. You know, Joshua did that when he, when he, when he got all the nations together, the, or the tribes together, and says, you know, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I taught on that a few weeks. Last time I taught, I, I mentioned that. And he had this stone of remembrance to remind him. So I, I took a picture of this outhouse that I built. You probably can't see it, but it's my screensaver on my phone now. Um, and it's amazing. Every time I turn my phone on, I'm like, it's a reminder. That's my stone of remembrance of how rich and blessed we are and, and, and how God needs us to lay up our treasures in heaven. You know, he doesn't need us to lay up treasures here on earth where, where they're all going to be gone one day. So let's look. I wanted, to, I, wanted to, I wanted to focus on three thoughts, which I'm not going to get three thoughts done. The three thoughts I wanted to talk about was investing in our eternal future uh, where nothing can happen to our investment. Uh, what is the state of our hearts? Number two. And finding true contentment. I'm not going to get through all of them. And I always like to start a lesson out with, with questions. So I'm going, to, I'm going to rattle off some questions y'all can be thinking about in your head. Um, you can ask yourself these things. Um, if someone were to follow your money. Yeah, there it is. Jeff's got it on there bigger. And I brought my iPad too. I, I, I put a bunch of pictures on here. That's all right. I brought a bunch of pictures too. I wasn't planning on shingling it. My father was like, oh, we got to shingle it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> we actually put shingles on it. Uh, do what? The second point I wanted to, meet, to, to talk about was uh, what is the state of your heart? Here's the, ho here's the Hogans. Let's see here. This is why we're siding it. It's eight sided. It's an eight-sided building. Um, I couldn't believe it's only, you know, $4,000 buys a whole house. I mean, it's pretty cool. 
It's pretty cool to build somebody a house and them not have a um, mortgage or anything. No, there's no plumbing or there's no plumbing or electricity or running water yet still because it's not anywhere close. I mean, they have to wait for it. They have to wait for it. Um, here's Wallace. I don't know if y'all can see this. This is Wallace. Oh, that's my wife. Oh, that's my wife. <laughs> that's funny. That's my wife and I on our trip. I hit my finger, hit something else. Tanya doesn't look like Wall- Wallace. Doesn't look like Tanya. Here, I'll try not to hit. What I did is my finger hit one of these down here, I guess. But, but here's Wallace. Um, I gave him my phone number, so he's he's been he's been uh, texting me all week. I love you, brother. Thank you, brother. He's awesome. He he he's. Uh, they're in Albuquerque with their sick brother. They they the doctors have told him don't leave. So his brother's real sick. They, I don't think there's any health care. Um, they're not going to do much for him. Pretty much. I mean, that's the reality that we live in, and it's going to get worse if... Another subject. Um, (laughs) All right. So I want to break down the three... I was going to ask questions. Okay. If someone were to follow your checkbook or your money, if if somebody were to come in and audit you and trace where your money's going, where would it it lead them? Okay. This is just... These are just thoughts to, to ask yourself. It's like inventory time. You know, where... Where are we? Um, do you realize that your heart does actually follow your money? Okay? Where you invest, where you spend your time, your heart will follow it. I mean, we just read it. This is Jesus' words. He knows this. He's a pretty smart guy. Um, did you know, though, that your money doesn't always follow your heart? Okay? Sometimes your heart might be in a certain ministry, but you can't do anything to help them because you're already overextended on worldly things. You're already, you're already slave to the lender. You know, Proverbs talks about that. The borrower is slave to the lender. And I don't know why I'm, I'm mentioning these things. God knows. I prayed to the Lord to let me speak the things that y'all most need to hear today. And y'all might be, somebody might be in here contemplating, are we going to sign on the line for this that we don't really need but you, don't, you never know what a need might arise later on in your life, right in front of you, and you're not going to be able to do anything about it because you're already, you already signed on the line owing somebody else some money. Um, all right, another question. What are ways we can lay up treasures in heaven? This, this is just another thought-provoking question. Everybody automatically always thinks it's about money. This trip that we went on was, I didn't have to come out of pocket hardly anything. Uh, other people raised the money. But it was time. It was a 30-hour bus ride out, and we got back a little quicker because we didn't stop and eat so much. Everybody's like, we're not stopping. We stopped at the Big Texan on the way out there. Anybody ever been there? The home of the free 72-ounce steak. (laughs) It's free if you can eat it. If you can eat it all in under an hour, it's free. So we stopped there on the way out. But anyway, let's let's, let's let's dissect these three verses. I want to dissect these three verses. You ready? Let's read 19 again. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Now, I was going to dissect it all the way down. I studied about moths. How many? There's over 10,000 species of moths. I studied about rust. There's all kinds of different types of rust. 
There's all kinds of different scientific te uh, terminology why rust happens. Um, and I got to thinking, too, when Jesus said this, there wasn't too many things that were made out of metal. There wasn't a whole lot of metal around. I thought it was ironic that he talked about rust. I mean, there wasn't too many things made out of metal, but he's talking about rust. And now there's all kinds of things made out of metal. And if you don't protect the metal with a protective coating, it's going to break down, okay? And then, and then I was thinking about how thieves break in and steal. Any, anywhere there's any value, there's going to be some thieves come along sometime and try to find a way to steal it. But I'm not really going there today. I, but I studied that. So this, here's, I want to read to you what Matthew Henry says about uh, verse 19, okay? And here's where a lot of people don't understand Jesus Christ. They don't understand the Lord. They don't understand his thinking. We all think that it's about a bunch of rules and about measuring up to his standards, which we'll never be able to do. And we always think that God's trying to, to rule over us with an iron fist, but he's not about that. And, and a lot of, the reason a lot of people don't know about who God really is is because they don't really learn and read the Bible and learn who real God, really, God really is. But Matthew Henry says this, It's not Christ's design to deprive us of our treasure, but to direct us in our choice of it. Okay? That's pretty cool, isn't it? He, he doesn't want to deprive us of a treasure. He just wants to direct us in what we choose as our treasures. Um, we have a choice every day to do what we will do to do what we will do with our time and our money. All right, listen to this, this point. If we know and consider ourselves for what we are, what we are made for, how, long, how large our capacities are, how long our continuance, which how long our life is, and that our souls are ourselves, we shall see it, foolish, we shall see it, see it as a foolish thing to lay up treasures on earth. Um, so I want to read that again, and this time I'm going, to, I'm going to answer those questions. Again, if we know and consider ourselves for what we are, what are we really? Uh, I wrote a few thoughts. You know, we're sinners bound for hell. We're, we're saved by grace. Um, yes, we were created in Christ's image, but we're, we're put on earth to glorify Him and everything that we do. You know, if we don't glorify Him, if we don't praise Him, the rocks, He'll, create, he'll make the rocks cry out to Him. Um, this is, all about, this is all in verse 19. This, the second one was, was uh, oh, and I wrote down Job 121. Naked we, came in, naked we came from our mother's room, and naked we shall return there. You know, the Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. You know, at, at funerals you hear ashes to ashes, dust to dust. You know, our life is a vapor. What are we made for? Do y'all know what we're made for? Why did Christ create us? That's right, to glorify Him. Um, after Christ rose from the dead, He met with the disciples again, and, he, and this is where the Great Commission was given, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And we're supposed to be baptizing, you know, we're supposed to be going into the uttermost parts of the world, uh, proclaiming His gospel, baptizing the nations. That's what we're here for, is to tell people about Tell them the good news, to tell them that there is an afterlife, that there, that there is a way to spend eternity with Christ, you know. Um, the next question, how large our capacities are? How long our continuance is the way Matthew Henry says it, continuance. He's just talking about our lifespan. James 4.14 says this, Whereas you, you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? 
It is even a vapor that appears for a little, little time and vanishes away. You know, there's a lot of people that were on this earth last Sunday, and, they didn't, and they're not here anymore. I mean, there's people that were here yesterday they are not here anymore. We don't know when our life will end. Basically, this whole mission trip and this whole lesson I'm talking about today is, is about rearranging your perspective, okay? Everything, everything that we can think about and, and, our, and visualize in our head is all about our perspective of it. So if you can kind of change your perspective of things, y'all have all done this before. Have you, have you ever thought some way about something? But then once you experienced it, you're like, man, I had that all wrong. You know, I totally, I totally misjudged it or I totally had a wrong thought of it or a wrong idea about it because your perspective changed. Our souls are ourselves. Okay, that's, that's what's going to live on is our soul. Nothing else. Um... Once we realize all those things, we, sh- we'll, we shall see it foolish to lay up our treasures on earth. Now, a lot of times when you hear this, lessons like this, a lot of people think, um, they think of money and investing and inheritance. I'm not talking about any of that stuff, okay? You know, it is, I think that it is pretty smart to, to save for your future to some extent. And you've got to follow God on this. I mean, God will tell you when you have enough. God will tell you when... You should dip into your savings and give to a certain cause, even though you were saving for something else. You know, all you got to do is follow God. And in Proverbs, yesterday, did anybody read Proverbs 3 yesterday? Where it talks about trusting the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. That's what I'm talking about. When you're saving up for retirement, or you're saving up for college, or you're trying to leave an inheritance, that's all good. But as long as you're trusting in the Lord with all your heart each day, He's going to lead you where you need to go. You don't have to worry about that. Jim Elliott, this is one of my favorite sayings. I've said it in teaching a dozen times. And y'all need to commit this to memory. It'll help you. But he is no fool who gives away that what he cannot keep to gain that what he cannot lose. I got thinking about that and contemplating that yesterday. And I I rewrote it from the other side, okay? The flip side, I wrote this. He is wise who invests what he will eventually lose to gain what he will have forever. All right, that's the same, the same thing, but kind of a, on the, another way. So, so maybe it'll register to you a little different that way. But we're eventually going to lose everything. All right, we will. Verse 20, go to verse 20. All right. This is just the opposite of verse 19. Instead of saying don't, you know, verse 19 starts out with do not. And verse 20 says, but lay up yourself treasures in heaven where neither moths nor rust destroy and and where thieves do not break in and steal. So basically it's it's saying the same thing once again. But I wanted to reiterate that it's not always about money. You can you can lay up time. Where are you investing your time? Do you have a gift to... um, the, coo- the coos, I think of y'all, okay? Y'all just invested how long in a Sunday school class for the, for the kids? And y'all, were y'all gone too? Were y'all gone to teaching a class too? No. No? Okay. Gone, gone. gone. You moved. You moved to Peachtree City or something? Somewhere? Okay. Oh, that's a long ways. Okay. Awesome. Well, y'all were teaching a class, right? 
the youth group, a youth. Okay, so so you invested, you laid up, you let you invested a whole year. They laid up treasures in heaven where where moths can't eat it, rust can't take it away. I mean that's that's what I'm talking about. It's not always about money. Has God gifted you in an area, or has He given you a circle of influence, or a sphere of influence that you need to be working towards? You know, uh, not all of us have the same opportunities. Not all of us have the same giftedness. Um, so it's not all about money. All right, let's look at 21 real quick. 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Um, I taught a complete lesson one time on, on, on this one verse, and it's kind of like that lesson, like Jeff keeps talking about the barn swallows. Um, it was about sunflowers. Um, sunflowers are pretty amazing if you, if you study them. I mean, it's, it's an incredible, incredible flower. I mean... I was reading more about it this morning, and I'm not going to go into all of it, but I mean, just if you take an atheist or somebody who doesn't believe in God and they just study the sunflower, it's like, how in the world can it grow like that? So perfect. And, you know, there's, there's, there's basically two life, uh, two things that, have, that create life for a sunflower. They're the total opposite that have to take place for a sunflower to grow. Uh, but, but look at this verse. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Matthew Henry compared our hearts following our treasure like a needle follows a lodestone, which I said, what is a lodestone? Lodestone, does anybody ever heard of that word, a lodestone? It's part of the Earth's core. It's a rock in the Earth's core that's magnetic. And the Chinese invented the compass before anybody. But they figured out that this needle, they could put a needle on there and, and it would always point north you know it was always the same way so so matthew henry's comparing our hearts following our treasure like this like a needle on a compass and like a sunflower follows the sun now sunflower in its early days of growing you ever notice how they're on a they're on a stem that and at night they're they're, they're like this what's pretty cool is as the sun comes up you know in the east the sunflower starts to do this and it follows the sun pretty much most of the day, and as the sun goes down, it, it gets limp again. So, so that Matthew Henry's trying to make, paint a picture in our heart, in our heads, that that's how our hearts follow our treasures, is, is we can't help it. We cannot help it. We cannot mentally say we're going to follow our money. That's just nature. We're naturally going to follow where our treasures are, and our treasures are not always our money. It's our time. It's, it's our, here, listen to this other, other words for treasures. It's where your esteem is, where your love is, where your affection is, and where your hope is and your trust. Those are your treasures. You know, what are you, what are you, what are you hoping in? What is your affection for? Um, I, I hit on this a little bit ago, but why are we not always able to invest in some things that our hearts are in? You know, we said our heart can follow our treasure, but our treasure doesn't always follow our hearts. Can y'all name any other reasons um, why we can't always invest in kingdom work? Why can't we always invest where our hearts are? There certainly is a lot of times where people, you'll find out about stories where you really want to help somebody, but you can't. What prevents us from doing it a lot of times? And it ain't just money. Your job. All right. Did somebody say fear? That's a good one, fear. What are we fearful of? There's no wrong answer. 
That's true. Where do you think that fear comes from? It ain't from God, yeah. It ain't from the Lord. Yeah, he's, the devil is so powerful. I mean, he... There you go. That's which is really not what we're called to do. Our job is to, to live in a loving way and, and let God take over. Especially when it comes to money. Especially when it comes to money. We automatically start saying, Well, there's a reason they are where they're at. We start we start the devil just starts feeding us the lines one after another in our brains, you know. Well, that ain't going to really help them because in another week they're going to need some more money and then they're going to need some more. I mean, we automatically start doing that. And I had a conversation with somebody this week that that's not for us to judge and it's not for us to decide. That if the Lord's given us an abundance and, it's, and he says to, you know, to give it away, you give it away and let the rest work out in judgment. Yeah, Mark? Amen. That's exactly right. And, and what did it do for everybody that was there working? If they had never known that, it didn't, doesn't change a thing. You know, you, were, you got that, you were reassured that this is what, this is what being about your father's business is, is about. It, it reassures you that as, as you do unto the least of these, you do unto me. You know, we can't, but, but, but yet we're so logical sometimes we're, for our own good. We're too, we're too smart for our own good. We, we want to, you know, we want to justify everything. We need to make sure that we put too much non-God, you know, thoughts into it instead of just leaping out in faith. You said faith. Um, lack of faith does keep us from doing a lot of things. Um, all right. Five minutes. I'm going to close right here. I'm going to skip my second whole point about where our hearts are because I've already talked enough about it and asked enough questions that each person here probably knows a little bit about where their hearts are. And, and, and I'm no different either. I mean, I'm just as wretched as... As anybody, I mean, I, every time I teach a lesson, I, want, I always want to make sure that y'all don't think that I've achieved a certain point, and I'm and I'm and I'm talking to y'all or talking down or trying to, you know. This is what the Lord's taught me over the last couple of weeks. All right, um, contentment, true contentment. While I was out there and looking at those, looking at that trailer, and realizing how these people lived. With no power and no water, they had to drive to the next town to get water. I all of a sudden was very content with what I had. You know? Felt very blessed, very rich. I mean, all the desi other desires of my heart that I had for whatever else it was, you know, projects around the house that I wanted to do or whatever, and all, I didn't think a thing about those anymore. All of a sudden, I'm like, man, I'm all the... I feel guilty for even thinking about projects that I want to do and get done and maybe feeling like, man, I wish I could do them all right now. You know, you have to sometimes have patience. Sometimes you'll never be able to do it, what you want to do. But true contentment, 
I think true contentment is what it's very hard to find, but if you can find it, you are truly, truly rich. You're the richest of the rich. I mean, and it's not about money. It's not about, you know, I've, I've said this before, but the, the stats that Pastor talked about on the CD was that USA Today interviewed a bunch of Americans making $50,000 a year and said, how much would be enough for you? How much money would you have to make a year to really feel comfortable? And those making 50000 said 75000 would make us feel real comfortable. Okay, then they went and interviewed the people making 100000 a year. How much money would it take for you to feel real comfortable? And they said 250000 I mean, the jump was over double. You know, those making fifty only wanted 25000 more. Those making 100 wanted a hundred, and then another fifty. They needed two fifty to feel comfortable. So it isn't about it isn't about your your annual revenue, your income, that can bring happiness. I mean, we've heard this all of our lives growing up, right? Money can't buy happiness, and then you've heard all the jokes that go with it, you know. But it sure can make it make you. Some, I don't know, but uh, I forget the punchline on that one. But anyway, um, and for the love of money. The love of money is the root of all, of all kinds of evil, the Bible says. The love of money. Um, I want to read a few things about contentment, and then we'll, and then we'll close. 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 6-10 says, Now godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we will carry nothing out. And having food and clothing in these, we shall be content. You know, if we have food and clothing, we're rich, okay? There's a lot of people that don't have clothing. There's a lot of people that don't even have food, even in this country. I mean, you've been in India, some of the poorest parts of the world. But even in West Virginia, there's kids that don't, the only food they get is what's at school. By Monday morning rolls around, they're coming back to school, they're starving to death. They haven't had food over the weekend. Under the, yep, I went to the Braves game Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Walked under a bridge, and there's a bunch of them laying up there. Uh, homeless people. Um, I'm reading First Timothy six. Okay, so it's having food and clothing. With these, with these, we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many fool, foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness. Y'all don't know anybody like that, do you? They're, they're working so hard, they, can't, they don't have time for God anymore. They're not at church today because they're, God's blessed them so much with their business. <laughs> I say that kind of in a cynical way. but um, And pierce themselves through with many sorrows. We pierce ourselves through is what, is what James says. All right, I'm just going to read a couple things and we'll dismiss. Uh, the secret of contentment, adding not to a man's possessions, but taking away from his desires. That's the secret to contentment. Not adding to somebody's possessions, but taking away from the desires. Just like I read earlier, you know, Christ doesn't want to deprive us of our treasures. He just wants to help us in our decisions of what we consider as our treasures. Um, let's see here. One other thing I want to share, and then we'll, we'll pray and dismiss. <laughs> well, just getting back to perspective. Um, it's all about perspective. So my perspective was changed over the last couple of weeks on how I viewed things. Um, the, scripture, the scripture is all there and, and could have reminded me of it if I would just read it and believe it. 
Uh, so that's really where, where I think we miss the boat a lot of times. We don't get in the scriptures. We don't read these words. We don't, we don't dissect what Jesus is saying to us um, about laying up our treasures. We don't di- dissect what does he mean by trusting in him with all of our heart and lean not, leaning not on our own understandings. The Bible tells us in plenty, plenty of places where we're pretty foolish and we need the Lord in, in everyday decisions. So I guess my biggest point today to you guys is, is that, um, you know, audit yourselves. There may be somebody that's, that's contemplating making a decision to move to a bigger house that will cost more money or, or to buy something that you really don't need. All I would say today is, is to really honestly pray about it. I'm not saying the Lord doesn't want you to have nice things. I'm saying honestly pray about it and see what the Lord tells you. You know, so many times we make these decisions and we don't consider God at all until a year later and we're like, man, I don't think the Lord wanted me to do that. <laughs> so anyway, that's, that's, that's the lesson today is, is think about how you can lay up treasures in heaven where, where nothing, can, nothing can harm it. It's, it's a return on investment that's guaranteed. I was going to name, I named the, the lesson today ROI, and some people that's in banking or, or any investments, ROI, return on investment. You know, where is, an, where is there an investment that you're going to get a guaranteed return on? And it's probably compounding interest, too. I mean, who knows how big it'll grow. Anybody got any words in my, before, I, before I pray and dismiss? Anybody want to add anything to it? Um, anybody got any thoughts? Everybody good? Everybody's still awake. That's good. I see some unhappy boys that don't want to go to school tomorrow. <laughs> All right, let's let's dismiss the prayer. Thank you so much, guys, for listening attentively. Attentively, um, I appreciate that. I hope that uh, the Lord has uh, spoken to you or, or or did something or or something was said where it will it will help you in your in your life uh, some way this week. Let's pray. The gracious heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for this day, Lord. We thank you for. Lord, kind of the change in seasons now as, we, as we're going into a new school year coming up. Um, it's a big time in, in a lot of people's lives, Lord. Lord, I thank you for what you've taught me over the past few weeks, what you showed me, what you opened my eyes to. Lord, I pray that uh, something that was said today or the scripture that was read, that, Lord, that your Holy Spirit was able to speak uh, through me to the hearts and the minds of some of the people here today. Lord, uh, help each of us to, to really be sensitive to the needs that are out there. Lord, help us to realize that, you know, as we do do things to the least of these, we're doing them unto you. Lord, that we're actually serving you in, in everything that we do when we're, when we're doing it in your name and when we're doing it um, as a result of your, um, your prodding. Lord, help us to just be available. Help us to get control of our, our home finances, Lord, where we can do things to further your kingdom. Help us to not be tied down with, with worldly wealth and worldly uh, pleasures, Lord, that, that strap us financially. Lord, we love you today. We pray that you'll be with the message that Pastor Johnny brings, Lord. I, I pray that if there's somebody in the uh, service that doesn't know you, Lord, that today would be a, a new beginning of a new life for them in your family. Lord, we pray for any of our 